I used to like long races, so when I was in the, on the field running, I just found urine passing on to become a challenge until sometimes I found myself just going away from the field, not completing my, my run. Did you continue with your athletics? No. no. I didn't continue. That's like watching others running and football, netball, but I can't do it because of that shame. Yeah. I remember when I was in Mayan FM, one of the radio station in Masai, I got a lot of phone and one of my sisters heard about me. She told me, Carol, in seriously, you have gone all th through this and you have never told us about it. This is the NFGM podcast with Caroline Litoya. Welcome to the End FGM podcast. My name is Jeremiah Kipainoi. I spend time with change makers who are making an impact in Kenya and beyond. Each week, we listen to incredible stories of ordinary people just like you making a difference. They share their successes, failures, and what they are learning along the way. Thank you for being with me today. Let's get started. We are in Kajado County and I am seated with a lady, an amazing lady, who asked to meet me and said, how do I share my story much more? How can I help pass the end FGM message? to other people. And where do I start? Welcome to the NFGM podcast, Caroline. It's a pleasure having you here today. Why do you find it necessary to share your story? I grew up in a community where FGM is very high. And I've seen a lot of girls, including myself, in suffering a lot. And I go FGM at the age of 12 when I was in Sanadi 6. And when I was in school, I used to like athletics, of which after I undergo FGM, it became a challenge in my life because I remember after FGM, I tried to compete with other girls when I was in primary, but on the field, I found urine others passing on. I try my level best to see what's happening. During that time, actually, I used to go to latrine before I go to the field. But for some times, it became a challenge. When I was running, I used to like long races. So when I was in the, on the field running, I just found urine passing on. It became a challenge. Until sometimes I found myself just going away from the field, not completing my, my run. So it became a challenge to me and to my school. Because during that time, they depend on me for the school to be, to, to be recognized. So they, they use me for the, the, the long races competition. So it became a challenge to me until I stopped my athletics, the teachers wanted to know more what happened 
So I decided just to keep from myself, to keep quiet, to run away from athletics. I try if netball. The moment I try it, you know, we we jump and receiving ball high. So also that time I just seem urine passing on. I try to do to to help my, myself be, before the field. I go to urine so that they may not pass on. So. It became a challenge until I give up, I give up on athletics. That's like that way. So now again, it, uh, after completing my my primary school, I join in my form four. After my form four, I I got married. So this cut of FGM become a challenge to me during my my pregnancy, of which. My uh, after after my after six months of in pregnancy, I start to experience a lot of pain on my abdomen because I grew up in, in Masai land where people don't go to to clinic. My mother-in-law used to to call me those expert mothers who can help me. So at the month of six months until God helped me to give birth to my first son, I just undergo a lot of pain. Now after my, my pregnancy, the second son, at the age of six, the, the, the pain starts again. I undergo a lot of pain, pain, pain until one day I, I go to hospital. I went to Kajado District Hospital. They admitted me. They observed keenly on what was happening in me because that pain was very high. To an extent that the doctors were saying I'm, I'm giving birth and it was not yet the, in the month. So they admitted me. They cared for me kindly and in, in closely until they noticed during my cut there is a, a vein that was cut that was not supposed. So because there is that heaviness which a mother experiences every month, so the moment the months are passing by, that pain becomes so much and much. So after now the hospital realized I the pain was due to the, the cut. They helped me. They admitted me for two months until they helped me to give birth to myself. And that's now where I started to, to educate and motivate people about the effect of FGA. Yeah. You had to go through lots of pain in the time you were you are, you are expecting. And this changed your life dramatically. You just spoke about how traumatizing it was for you as an athlete trying to compete and also represent your school and you are actually good at it but you had to stop it because of FGM. I feel so bad. I smothered my, in myself. It was, it was so bad to my school because they, they, they used me as their star. So I just in, in stop it, nobody knows. And you also didn't know exactly what the yeah. problem was. Yes. And that means that the children also gave you lots of problems. Yeah. 
then you went to high school then did you continue with your athletics no it was a sympathetic in in station i did in in continue that's like watching others running and football netball but i can't do it because of that shame yeah you completed school and got into marriage and you had children um and then after some time you began telling your story where did you begin i begin just in masailat i go home to home i talk about it the way it affects i also go to youth in seminars and to masai in, in stations fm in fm in radio stations in radio stations yes and of course it was not an easy thing to get out and speak about fgm i am imagining you speaking to women who already undergone fgm and they still do not understand what the effects of fgm are it is difficult but because i wanted to to help the young generation i decided just to come out and speak about it so it's a challenge to many masai women and to the community in general yes the masai usually practice time type 2 fgm um and most do not understand what the effects of fgm really are and there was a story i once did in narok and there was a lady who used to help women to deliver and she would say that if a woman was not able to give birth then they say epaishoi meaning that she died from giving birth what's the really do you find it important to educate the old women or women who are engaged in delivering yes it is important what i can advise is that these women who undergo the cut let them actually go to hospital because that just a prolonged labor which actually may cause death when you stay there at home so go to hospital go to to clinic every day talk your talk your body it it is the to to doctors and they will help you during your birth during all that labor they will help you to reduce the the pain and they will help you during that time of the de- delivery yes and i just want to talk to you about your journey do you remember where you first said okay i want i underwent fgm in front of people i went to another family they want their they have two girls they they wanted to cut their girl come this december i talk with them about in my story they they got in scared and actually they have listened to me and they have said no to it on that august also we went to namanga a youth in seminar we talk about them in detail they are so in, in scared up to the point other said mind want to go again so i've been going in in places to places preaching about it i have seen some pictures you've shown me uh with two of the girls who were supposed to have to go fgm and one of them was actually going to be married um and 
you talk to their parents and you engage with them and they promise not to cut them what was the feeling like i feel so good i feel like i'm doing something in good to help others so those girls they got help the one who actually to finish as candidate and got married the two of them are to undergo fgm but the moment they have heard my story they said no no to it and their parents also supported me and them and their girls and the journey just began you now are trying to work with other people because i realized that you also worked with some friends of mine who i saw in the same picture um and now you are slowly building contacts trying to start your activism work of course trying to explain to people why they should not you know practice this vice what are the challenges that you've faced so far tell i'm very passionate about this and the challenges i'm getting uh, i was thinking will people really understand me would really really stop this so i've just started um, i've seen this good and people are getting motivated and ed- educated yes what are some of the challenges why you scared of standing in front of people why you scared that someone is going to judge you and say ah, that that lady is speaking about things that should not been spoken about in public or you just had a smooth landing or just started off smoothly did you have any challenges yes i had many challenges i fear people will people really understand me how will people say about me when i'm sharing my story how will i start how will they understand what are the the outcome of it so it is a, a big challenge but because i'm passionate about it i really like what i'm doing do you always fear that maybe your children one day will have to answer questions about you as a parent being involved in the fight against fgm and feeling like you're putting them in a in a very uncomfortable position yeah i remember when i was in mayan fm one of the radio station in kimasai i got a lot of phone first my sisters and my brothers i just went there silently nobody knows until they had me they are calling me is that you in, in my nfm i say yes you, you are talking all of this are you are not af- afraid of i say no i'm not afraid and one of my sisters heard about me and they t- I, she told me carol in seriously you have gone all th- through this and you have never told us about it So I told her yes if you want your girls to be on a secure inside please don't try to to do that to it to them and then there she told me talked about it with her husband she has two girls and they've said no to it and your sisters have also gone through fgm yes they've gone through fgm and actually there's those in challenges during the time of birth and they've also experienced that right yes there must be that uh, experience between a girl and uh, a girl who went through it and the one who was sent mm-hmm. yes you know that's such an amazing testimony because 
Sometimes we go to media houses and we do not know exactly how to measure the impact of our conversations. Sometimes you just go there and have a conversation with the presenter and you walk outside the studio without really realizing how many people have listened to your message. And then you came back home. How was it like? Yeah, I come back home. I receive a lot of messages, a lot of calls. People are con congratulating me, saying I'm their heroes. Actually, others have been calling me to their talk with the women, with the youth. So the community are now opening their eyes and they are getting the side effect of it. Yes. We've had very many people running these campaigns over many years. And we've had people from all over the country, actually, and even globally, speaking about FGM. It's something that by 2030, we are looking forward to an FGM-free nation and hopefully FGM-free world. But we still have milestones. We still have a long way to go in this regard. What do you think should be done right now? Well, what I'm thinking is that those who are doing it, let them do it in a, in a correct way. Let them talk the reality. And let, let them go to, to youth and, and elders they will understand. Let them educate others and they will understand and at the end this cut will stop. You talked about the youth and the elders and those are two very different categories of people. We have the youth who have probably not gone through FGM and we also have the elders, that's men and women who already believe that FGM is part of life, it's a transition and should be carried out. Why is it important to engage both the youth and the old people? To start with the youth, the youth, actually they are the parents of, of tomorrow. And they know and they need to know so that their girls may not go in, in through it. So let them be educated and motivated to know exactly the cause of it. And to our elders, let them know because it was it's supposed to be done, but let them not stop the young people. Yes. You mean they should know that it's not uh, right for them to take young people through the vice, or w what do you mean by engaging them more? Yes, because the, those parents now, they, they have given birth to young people. Nicaragua, they are the youth. So let them not mock them when they are trying to stop this FGA. Yes. We still have a long way to go. We still have um, people who really believe that FGM should continue. FGM should uh, be run in all ways possible. And we've had very many old people uh, practicing this vice by hiding the uh, girls, doing it in secret. Sometimes um, the neighbors do not actually know. And it was a practice that was made public. People used to come and you know, celebrate after a girl was cut. How do you think uh, this should be handled in, in the case where, you know, young girls are cut in secrecy so that they are women or ready to be married? What I can say is that let these people stop doing the, their sacred things on hidden places. Let them, let them use me to educate them through my story and others and they will understand. So let them just come. We come out. As the, as, as the community, as the nation, 
in, in general, let them use the survivors who know the side effect of it and get educated and they will understand. You're here now talking to me and uh, I know you're still a long way off um, in this campaign. You have dreams. You've done some things so far. As you said, you went to speak to people in Namanga. You also tried to speak to parents who successfully um, stopped or promised to stop um, the cut on their child. What other successes do you think you've had? Or do you have any other testimonials that you think, oh, this encourages me to actually keep on going? What encourages me most is our people, they're, they're getting me. They are motivated. They are motivated. They are getting. Their minds are becoming more white, and they are getting the the messages to why to stop this FGA. Yes. And so you see good reception. Yes. Wow. And what lessons have you learned along the way? Because you've talked to people from government, you've spoken to people who run organizations, uh, you are speaking to me today from a media perspective, I'd say, um, what lessons have you learned along the way in regards to trying to end this fight? Are there some things that you think, oh, I didn't know this, now I know this? Oh, initially I used to fear people may not understand me, they may see me in a bad picture, but I've realized that our people need a lot of education on this. They need to be talked to and they need to be motivated. What is needed is actually we talk about it openly without fear. We talk in real life. Yes. You talk about it openly without fear and talk, talk about it in real life. But not every person has an experience as you said, we have um, survivors. We also have people who are just, passion just passionate about you know, FGM and would like to spread the message but might not have the real life experiences that uh, will really uh, you know, give examples of why you should not practice this vice. What would you tell survivors in that case? Because many of them will not speak out, will not come out speaking about FGM. What I advise is that just come out, speak your life. Don't just keep quiet when we are when we are undergoing such things like a lot of difficulties during birth. Talk about it, and you'll be helped. Men do not know what goes during birth, especially Maasai men, because they don't come to the delivery ward most of the time. What advice would you give to them in regards to maybe listening to their women who probably are uh, went. Uh, listening to their wives who probably went through FGM and have difficulties in delivery. What advice would you give to men? I just want to tell those men who ask women who have undergone that to understand their women and let them visit the, the doctors in early months of pregnancy. Let them go to clinic and scanning and more medication because it costs a lot of people. Paid. So let them understand them, help them to see doctors now and then for more help. Amazing. We would like to bring this to a close, but before then, I'd like you to give a piece of advice to anyone who, you know, has found himself in the path of trying to 
probably start off in this campaign. Um, there are moments of hopelessness. Sometimes you feel like people are not supporting you the way they're supposed to support you. Sometimes you do not have an idea of even how to approach people um, in our community or even through support, like funding or collaboration or getting into places or reaching out to communities. What piece of advice would you give to anyone who's just beginning this journey? I can advise you just go, you preach, you educate, and you help many people, and they will be educated on your story or on whatever you are doing. They will understand you. You just go and talk, and you'll get away. Amazing. That was Caroline Letuya. But before we just leave, um, how do people reach out to you probably to support, probably to um, to join you if they want to further this conversation in regards to ending FGM in whatever place you're going to work into? How, some, how can someone reach you? Reach me in email, Caroline Letuya 23G email. Caroline Letuya 23 at gmail.com. Mm, yes. And social media? Find me on Facebook, Caroline Letuya. Caroline Letuya on Facebook. Thank you very much for joining me at the NFGM podcast. I do not know if I cut something short. Probably you'd like to add something. I just want to say, if you get a chance to listen to the survivors of FGM, listen to them, get their point, and try to stop it. Yes. Amazing. That was Caroline Letuya here um, in the cloudy Kajiado County. Thank you very much for joining me today. Also to the listener who has taken enough time to listen to this amazing lady. Thank you very much. From the NFGM podcast team, Tony Mwebia and Matilda Timpian, we say thank you very much for tuning in today. Till next Monday, stay safe. You can get bonus materials, notes, and much more at www.kipainoi.com. K-I-P-A-I-N-O-I.com. Please remember, we all can do something. Go out and make a difference. For we all have a responsibility to make this world a better place. Goodbye.